In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Welcome to Checking In with Michelle Williams, a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. everybody, it's Michelle Williams. My next guest is someone who has helped over 1 million women worldwide and completely transformed the way they think about finances. And she's got some valuable tips coming up right now on Checking In with Michelle Williams. Okay, you guys, this is a conversation that I have been so excited to have a conversation that seems like it wasn't going to happen because we had to reschedule it a couple of times. And I pulled out my good old grandmother's purse. I said, the devil is alive. We're going to have this conversation. You will not keep us from being better. Okay, with our finances. I said, the devil really don't want people to be free. And their finances. Okay, now this is the real professional version. Been so excited to have this conversation with Miss Tiffany Aliche. She's turned around the lives of countless women. I mean, I'm one of them by empowering them to take control of their finances. And we'll get to how she empowered me. She's an award-winning teacher of financial education, New York Times bestselling author and has even helped create a law to teach financial education to children in New Jersey middle schools. How awesome is that, that they get to start early? She's America's favorite financial educator. Y'all, please welcome to my podcast, The Budgetista. <laughs> hey, you should be my professional hype woman, Michelle. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, I been so excited i remember when i first started following you and listening to you we met did we meet in person on the reel or somewhere no i think it was prudential had a um uh, Uh, yes because i live in newark and i think you came to newark to do like a panel and prudential had a panel Mm -hmm. yes yes and how fitting that it was prudential Mm -hmm. and i just remember hearing her talk now i know tiffany you deal with people and i know you have one 
for yourself, mm-hmm. look, look at me assuming, but you have financial managers, yes. accountants, and I will never forget Oprah saying, you sign your own checks. Mm-hmm. Always be aware of the money coming in and the money coming out. Mm-hmm. So I just remember that from years ago. But there are some things that Tiffany says that make me cringe because even though I have business management, I'm still responsible Mm -hmm. for like how many times I swipe that credit card. I used to have dreams of my accountant and he's the head of the firm. It was kind of like he was like this took on this father figure to me. Okay. Because what we don't realize is you can swipe that card, but it's different when you see it on black and white, Mm -hmm. how much you've swiped. So ever since then, I didn't like that feeling of when you look at your spreadsheet and how much money unnecessarily Mm -hmm. that you're spending. And Tiffany, you probably heard the saying, don't cheat yourself, treat yourself. Mm -hmm. What do you feel when you hear people say that? I think to myself that I agree, but what does treating really mean? To me, to treat myself is to be able to truly afford the thing that I'm wanting. Just because you can pay for something, Michelle, doesn't mean you can afford it. Break that on down. You know, so I can swipe my card, I could pay for the vacation, but then if I'm still paying eight months later, paying that card off, then I couldn't really afford it. And so is that really a treat? A treat is supposed to be enjoyable now, later, and later after that. So enjoying the trip is not going to be enough for me to consider that a treat. Can I do so in a way that doesn't cause me anxiety later when I actually have to pay for it? And so I do believe that you should treat yourself. But I think people misconstrue what does treating yourself really look like, especially when it comes to their money. Wow. Y'all, I'm sorry. We got right to it. But that was just kind of on my heart because my manager cracks up when I tell him, oh, Jonathan, don't cheat yourself treat yourself but that can but i i I really be playing because he's really good with finances but um some people will take that and run with it like oh no tiffany said or michelle said don't cheat yourself treat yourself Mm -hmm. but like you said if you are still having to pay on that thing eight to twelve months from now Mm -hmm. that really was not a treat in the beginning um you talk about how you lost it all how you went from broken to whole as Mm -hmm. you called it what did that look like for you for me, it was I I call it like the good black the, the good black girl list. You know, you like you go to church, check, you tithe, check, you go to school, check, you get your degree, check, yeah. you're a good daughter, a good this. I did all the things that I thought I was supposed to do. I lived frugally. And then I made some mistakes and then I trusted a friend um to help me to invest and he scammed me. Um sure. and then left me thirty five thousand dollars in credit card debt. I got a master's because I was like, I have to check it off my list. That's what we do. And I realized that I didn't really want it, but I got it to like not disappoint my parents. $50,000 in debt. I bought a condo because I was like, oh, I'm 25 and grown. This is what grown people do. Yeah. For $220,000, when the Great Recession hit, I had all of this debt. And because I was a school teacher, the school where I worked was a nonprofit-based school. They lost their funding. So as a result... I was $300,000 in debt and no job. And I just remember thinking like, wow, where do I go from here? And where I went from there was to my parents, um, my middle school bedroom in my parents' house. Mm. Like all the way humbled, all the way down. And it was a, a dark time. I mean, I'm fortunate to say, because I know some people don't have a middle school bed to go back to. 
you know, but still it really was a humbling and dark time because I didn't know that I was going to dig my way out of $300,000. It sounded like, it's like saying 300 million, you know? I mean, I was a school teacher. We didn't, I didn't make that much. How am I going to dig my way yeah. out of this? Yeah. Um, but one of the things that was like my saving grace was truly service. So sometimes, well, I'm not even sometimes, but uh, oftentimes like, you know, you're so wrapped up in self that, you know, I really believe like someone's like, God can't get your attention. And he's mm. like, all right, we're just gonna start removing things. I had my long-term boyfriend at the time. We were together for like six, seven years all through college. He was like, gone. I was like, wait, hold up. Oh, your condo foreclosure, gone. Oh, all this financial stuff that you gone. And I was like, all right, what will you have me do? <laughs> you know? And I was supposed to be a teacher, but here's the thing. I, I had said this prayer when I was, I was 22. I graduated college like the year before and I was moving out of my parents' house. And I was so, although I grew up learning about money, I still didn't feel confident. And I prayed and I said, let's make a deal, God. You teach me how to manage my money, right? And or you give me the tool and I promise you I'll show others. So that was the deal. So good. And I remember distinctly, I was sitting on this blue couch that my friend had gave me. And I was like, I'm reading all these books. They, they just wasn't clicking. And I said, if you teach me, I promise you I'll teach other people. And he's like, bet. And so all of a sudden, like all the lessons that I learned were starting to really stick. I started taking courses and reading. Everything started to, to stick. Mm. And I was feeling good. All of a sudden, I went from not knowing how to manage my money to getting really good at it. And then I was helping like all my sisters or like a friend. I was like, okay. I felt like I was kind of keeping up my end of the bargain, but then the real cost came due. It was like, all right, it's time for you to leave teaching. You know, um, uh, I was teaching preschool and and move on, you know, move on to the thing that you promised. And I was like, uh -uh. like I am teaching, I'm helping people. I'm helping my cousins and my friends and stuff. Then the, the job was gone. And when everything left, I realized that like, Tiffany, you made this promise that you were going to teach others. Well, you don't got nothing right now, so you might as well, you might as well keep to that promise. And I started the Budget Nista. And it's so funny how you think that like what's a sacrifice is everything. Like it was the greatest gift I could have ever gotten. I started the Budget Nista by doing what I promised, which is the things that I learned, I taught especially to women. I started yes. teaching, I mean, people's basements, churches, Anywhere that would have me for all of 2019, I taught for free. Then I got a, a contract oh. with the United Way. I know people don't want to hear that. That's your business. That's the third thing you said. You said that you were humble enough to go and have to move back in mm -hmm. with your parents. Yep. And I'm just wondering if had you not done that, I wouldn't have the honor of knowing <laughs> of you. Mm -hmm. You know, and the other thing you're saying now is you were willing to do what most want. Yeah. You were so passionate about this that you were like, I got to get people set free. Yes. And I'm going to talk for free. Yes. Even though it's against conventional wisdom when you're starting a business, they'll tell you, know your worth, know your worth, speak for free. But honestly, I was led to like, no, one, you're used to teaching in this one capacity. And are you a good teacher, Tiffany? Yes. But Adults are different. I need you to spend 2009 pouring into people, but also yeah. learning that shift because you have the finance part. you got the teaching part, but I need you to teach this type of person. So 2009 was an education for me as much as it was a giving like a deposit into my community. And then by 2010, I was like, OK, the budget least it was truly uh, born. And now, you know, like over a million women later, we've served. Come on, come on. And like, I mean, Congratulations. Was, and now, you know, the Get Goes Money, my new book, New York Times bestseller for eight weeks straight. 
You know, our, our last year, um, the budget needs to just crossed over the $10 million a year mark in business. Imagine, like, if I, yes, what I thought was, God, why are you asking me to do all that? Was like, oh, Tiffany, the blessing that's available to you is going to also come as me working through you. And so- Listen, so some of our greatest gains yes. come from our greatest losses. Yes. And people don't realize either they're scared to lose, scared to fail, yep. but the gain is so much better. To me, I feel like that loss is like your slingshot into yes. the, the stratosphere. Yes. You know, and I also think, or when people do fail or they have a lot of loss, they sit in it. Yeah. They sit in it and it's then it's like they lose their passion or they just say, you know what? I've just lost so much. Maybe it's just meant for me to, to you know, stand this loss. Mm -hmm. So um, I wasn't going to talk too much about emotional strength until towards the end of the conversation. Mm -hmm. But it seems appropriate to ask you now, as far as your your emotional strength, how did you stay mentally fit and strong? In the beginning, it was really hard. And it really was, um, I remember like I was spiraling down and I was sitting in it, stewing in it. That's I was so like, funny. I'm not, I'm not Thank taking- Thank you for admitting and sharing that. You know, yeah. I was like, I'm not taking no bath. I'm not washing these dishes. I'm not going to do nothing. I just was like- So depression. The, yes. That was depression. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And I didn't recognize it as such at first. It wasn't until my best friend was calling me back to back to back. I, it, it was a good two years, a year and a half to two years of, of depression. I was just like, because I'd lost, I felt like I'd lost everything. And they, I was like, they're going to come get the house and I'll just be here. And my best friend, Linda, had been calling me and I was I had been avoiding her, keeping it real light. Like, oh, yeah, I'm fine, girl. And then hanging up the phone and crying. And then finally, she was like, girl, what is going on? And I was going to give her the, another, another fake answer. And I just burst into tears. And I was just like, yo, everything that I built is gone. I don't even know what to do. Mm -hmm. And she told me, like, tell her, like, what? I was like, you know, I lost my job. I have all this credit mm -hmm. card debt. You know, I'm about to lose this house. I'm going to have to move back home. My parents. And she was like, is that it? I'm like, girl, like what more? She said, first of all, I'm calling you from my mama's couch. Girl, it's the recession. We all lost our jobs. And she said, two, you broke. Welcome to all of our, the rest of our friends, Tiffany. Why do you think you've been helping us with our finances? You know, she normalized what I thought. I was using my, what I thought, mistakes to hurt myself, to punish uh, myself. Yeah. And she took it out of my hands and said, I'm not going to let you hit yourself with this no more. Girl, the things that you're experiencing are things that people make mistakes. Literally, if you if you want, I was really being self-centered. If I wasn't being so self-centered, I could look around and be like, I'm in, like, like now with what's happening with people's finances, you ain't the only one. You're not the only one, but guess what? You're living selfishly because you actually have tools to fix it. And not only are you not using it to fix yourself, you're not using it to help fix other people. And so mm -hmm. she gave me the permission I needed to forgive myself. And as a result, I could see the solutions and I started to dig my way out. And then I started to say, she's right. There are other people who need the solutions that I've learned already. So I started to just help other people. So it that's what kept like, so that's what brought me out was, you know, Linda helping me to one, forgive myself. But what keeps me going even now when things are hard is um, the women that I meet, particularly when they're like, I mean, I've had women say I was hung, I was homeless. When I first started, you know, mm. listening to you, Tiffany, and three years later, I'm now homeowner. Ooh, yes. Testimony. Yes. Come on. Or Hallelujah. like, um, you know, I've never paid a bill on time in my adult life. And this month, all my bills are paid on time. 
or I'm pregnant, Tiffany, and I actually have enough money for the for the baby stuff without having to use my credit card. Like I have the money. And it's just like that is what keeps me going. When nothing else makes sense, I'm like, look at the fruit of your labor, you know, mm, and as a relationship. That's so good. You know what I mean? Like, and it's the reason why I became a teacher, because I wanted to be able to pour into those that maybe other people might overlook. And so um, yeah, that's what that's what keeps me going. It's not easy to, I just took a six-week hiatus. I just got back because I was like at capacity. And yeah. I was like, so are we going to break or are we going to take a break? The choice is yours. Yeah. And so I was talking to my therapist and she said, Tiffany, I need you to take four weeks off. And I was like, four weeks? Sis, Dr. Green, you're bugging. And she was yeah. like, you're right, six weeks. I was like, oh. <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? Okay. Like, meanwhile, mm. like the book didn't come out that long ago. You know, I'm supposed to still be on the, oh, go get. Still be on the yes. hustle, on the tour, on and the I said. I took six weeks and I took six weeks from social media. When I told you, Michelle, the first week, I didn't even know. I realized I didn't even know what I liked. I'm like, Tiffany, well, what do you like to watch? I'm like, I don't know. Well, what do you like to eat? I don't know. Cause I'm usually just, I don't know. Well, what do you like to do? It took me a week to re-remember what did Tiffany like to do? It's like, I have a niece and nephew and they play so much together and Roman's older than Amelia. So he kind of leads their playtime. And Roman was was away at school. And I was like, Amelia, so what do you want to do? And she was like, she looked around because Roman usually tells her. Yeah. And I realized I was Amelia that like the budget Nista usually tells me what we're doing. And I had forgotten what Tiffany liked, you know? And so that six weeks allowed me to like get back to like who I was, what I enjoyed, why I started this. That's so cool. You know, recenter. And it was just like not being, I, I didn't realize that like a lot of my mood swings or like the happiness and the sadness were were linked to external success. Like, oh, the book is selling, yay. Oh, it didn't do good, no. Oh, blah, 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 yay. Oh, this is not, I didn't get Say it. Say that again, yeah. No, I didn't realize I was on a roller coaster until one day I woke up and I was in a good mood during this week, it's probably week three. And I said, in my head, I said, well, why are you in a good mood? And I realized I couldn't pinpoint it. I was like, wait, I'm happy because I'm happy. Nothing's happened. There's no no social media posts, no no record broken, and I was like, "This is what you've been searching for, Tiffany. You're happy because you're happy." Are y'all hearing what she is saying? So I think we all can take a lesson from that: not using external success mm-hmm. to dictate our happiness. I think the external success is is just an add on. It's just yes. an addition that's just added on to your already internal happiness mm-hmm. and i want to shout out linda you know as the kids are saying listen linda listen <laughs> listen listen linda listen we thank you so much yeah. for keeping it real with your best friend mm-hmm. and to where she is where she is today uh tiffany budgenista why do you feel that money and finance is such a touchy topic for some reason people feel like as an adult you ought to know So there is shame attached because money is a measuring tool that we use, especially not every society uses money as a measuring tool because you can go someplace and they're like, you know, but here, especially in the Western world, it is used as a measuring tool for your success slash link to your character. That somehow, if you've managed your money well, it speaks to who you are as a person, you know? And so as a result, when you manage manage your money poorly, 
right? It, it means that something is wrong with you. It's almost like weight, mm. right? Like, oh, you overweight. That means you must be overeating. You must not be taking care of yourself. And that's not necessarily true. Absolutely not. We don't know what's going on with that person. Right? Like my husband is 6'6 six, six and a, a bean pole and he's um, a borderline diabetic. And you would mm. not, you would like me while he's, he's you like, like what? yeah, well, that's because it's like, well, it's his, his diabetes is hereditary. Right. Wow. So, but you would look at him, I mean, muscular, strong, all, all the things. So, you know, or you might look at someone else that's like, you know, twice as much weight as him. And they're like, ain't no diabetes here, you know? And so we, money allows people to level, level judgment because it's something that's measurable for things. So for something we use it as a measuring stick for something that's immeasurable. You cannot measure character. That's you cannot right. measure kindness. You cannot measure integrity, but because we can't, people like a concrete thing. They're like, okay, money's a, a measuring tool for that. And so that's why I think that there's so much um, mental um, health and wealth tied to money is because we use it, we use it as a measuring tool. And especially for women, for we have been taught that we don't know how to science math money. Yes. And so you literally have a woman who is a attorney, who is a mother, who is a, a, a doctor, who is a teacher, who is a caretaker for her parents. And she's able to navigate all of that. And then you're like, but because she's been taught, girl, you don't know how to do money. Good. She's like, mm, girl, budgeting is hard. I'm like, you're raising a whole child. Budgeting is hard, sis, please. You're a whole attorney. Budgeting is hard, sis, no. Yeah. You know, and I try to remind women that it's a it's a confidence issue, not a capability issue. Did you wake up this morning? Your eyebrows look are on fleek. You figured out your skin routine. You figured mm-hmm. out how to make, you know, you got your hair together. Remember in high school, you was trying all the things, but now you're like, ooh, this hair is the best on me. This is my eyebrow thickness at this thick. You did all of that, sis. I promise you the budgeting is much harder than figuring out what your look is. You know, it's for real. And so because we have been convinced of otherwise, boys don't grow up that way. You know, they grow up with the agency of like, go get it. Um, yes. um, the world is your oyster. You got it. Girls are taught to be um, more timid. A woman won't apply for a job unless she feels like she's 100% qualified. But what she doesn't understand is that that means she's actually overqualified. Men will apply for a job that they have at least 40 to 60% of that, those qualifications because they're like, the rest I'll figure out. Women are taught not to navigate that way. And I'm like, I want to turn that on its head. Like, Sis, all the things that you've done before are way harder than managing your money. And all you need Ooh. is a guide. And I have no problem being that guy. And you are doing just that turning it around. Have men kind of, have you gotten any like resistance from men? So sometimes they'll say like, why you always say sis? I'm here listening. And then I look at my analytics. I'm like, you're one of few, sir. You are welcome here. And that's because as a teacher, I don't turn nobody away. But you, I want you to act as a guest of a guest. You eat last. My girls eat first. <laughs> don't pick, don't get your plate at the barbecue and your friend's friend brought you. I need you to wait till wow. everybody else got their plate and then you could eat last. But no. So, yeah. So you didn't feel the need to say, you know, let me inc- totally include men. So because here's the thing that I. So we, they are to me, they already. They already got it. And also, too, Prudential has a study that they did that really helped to solidify why I do it this way is that women make up to 70% of the choices in the household, 7-0. So if I want to affect the family, if I want to help men, if I want to help kids, if you want to help all of that, you do so through women. 
it always comes back yep. to the woman. Yep. James Brown, I love you so much. And I know you had an amazing song. Well, actually, he said it is a man's. He said, this is a man's world, but it wouldn't be nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing <laughs> without a woman or a girl. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy, and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. back to something you were talking about on mental health do you think that there is a pattern linked to mental health and the way that people spend absolutely because people if you are depressed it affects all areas of your life but one of the external areas that we can see sometimes people will overspend because they feel like um i'm trying to make myself feel better like the purses and the shoes and the this and the that and the that And then sometimes people underspend because they're navigating from a place of terror and fear. I don't know what I'm gonna gonna have. That that used to be me. I used to be the fruit was the lack. Yes, it was. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. After the recession, I suffered from what I call um, post-traumatic broke syndrome. I said I ain't never going back ever ever. (laughs) And so even though my business was doing well, I was doing good. Every penny. Mm. And so that so my I was I knew that it wasn't the money. It was, I was struggling with my own mental health to say, Tiffany, you experienced something traumatic. This is what Dr. Green shared with me. She said, trauma is when something happened that should not have happened 
or when something should have happened but did not. So for example, let's just say you were you were jogging and someone attacks you. That should not have happened. That's traumatic. Correct. Or let's just say you're a child and your mother should have taken care of you and she abandoned you. You know, she should, she was supposed to have taken care of you but it did not happen. So she said like what well, your experience is a trauma response. That's why you're holding Ooh. so tight to the money, you know, despite the fact that like, girl, like business is doing well, you have enough saved and invested that you probably don't even have to work anymore. And you're still navigating from this space of lack. You're not Tiffany on the couch anymore. And yet you're literally living like Tiffany on the couch. That's a trauma response. And everyone's trauma response looks different, but oftentimes it's overspending or actually underspending. I'm going to be excited one day when I get married and and I do the typical, she overspends. And I'm going to say, honey, it's a trauma response. <laughs> it's a trauma response. No, I'm just playing. No, no, no. I actually wouldn't do that. But I recall moments where I was spending and I could tell the mental state that I was in. Mm-hmm. It was probably some type of anxiety mm-hmm. or just something really low. And then when I look back and it was like, if you were really happy, you would have never bought that. Yeah. And they just kind of sit there. Yep. They look cute sitting there. The little I keep the little Valentino boxes and bows <laughs> kind of, you know, to make my closet mm-hmm. cute. But it's dumb. I'm going to say it's dumb because also we don't want to shame anybody. Yes. Actually, how about this? Did you feel at any time that you were shaming people for how they spent money? Yes, in the beginning. And then God humbled me all the way. So in the beginning, when I was like learning how to manage my money, I want to say all the way up until... 29. So I started helping people around age 22 and until 29, I would be like, I mean, I would help someone and I'm like, in my head, though, I'd be like, she just, I guess that's how you want to live your life. Not me, sis. In my head, right? And I'm yeah, sure. Tiffany is so much fun, by the way. She <laughs> is, <laughs> this so, is who you want as your budgetista, her. <laughs> and so yeah. in my head, I used to be like, I guess, or like, why would they make those choices? Or, And so <laughs> when I lost everything. I was like, oh, okay. Let's see how you do without a house and a job and a way to pay for food and a place to live. And and all the, when it was all gone and I was trying to scratch my way to just just daily survival, everything I I ever thought in the background, I was like, is this how this person felt? Oh my Mm. God. It's terrifying. And so I needed it before I really launched the Budgetista because I could not launch the Budgetista because I didn't Although I could be sympathetic, I could not be empathetic. And losing everything caused me to say, literally, when I meet with someone, we don't talk about the money at first. I am their Linda. You know, we. I'm like, I know what you're going through because I have been there. I can only imagine how terrified and scared you are. And I know you're keeping it together, but I know you're scared. And before long, they crying, I'm crying, and I'm like, okay, now we're going to work through it together, but I wanted to acknowledge how you're actually feeling I know you're beating yourself up. I know you're telling yourself, why did I make this mistake? And I was like, I'm going to give you permission to release that and to forgive yourself. Yeah. You know, because I could not have done that before until I went through it. So certainly, yes, I in my in my 20s, there was judgment there, but not anymore because I know that feeling and I know and I needed that. I needed to be humbled and brought all the way down, you know, mm. before I could really mm. serve from a place of service. Do you see one common thread between people that you coach, you're like, man, it seems like all hundred of them have this root. Yes, that there is a, it's either that they are punishing themselves for past mis- transgressions with their finances, 
and they can't get over what happened before. Okay. Or no matter how smart they are, they lack the confidence. So it's, it's punishment and confidence. Those two are the thread that I see no matter how much she makes, no matter good. what she does for a living, no matter how much she saved that, that thread for those who are struggling with their finances, I see over and over and over. It's the punishment and the lack of confidence. Wow. So punishment and lack of confidence. So just now, folks, she has an amazing book called Get Good With Money. And there are certain questions that I know if I ask, they're in the book. But I'm sure that someone is listening Mm -hmm. to this podcast and you're struggling with debt. And you probably want to know like one thing that a person can do now because it's it's a it, it's over time that you get out of debt. Mm-hmm. What's one thing that they can start to do to get out of debt? Well, one, most people don't even know all the debt that they're in. I need to just make a list. I literally have a thing called the debt list, right? Where it's just just a list of who you owe, mm-hmm. how much you owe, what your interest rate is, and what's the status. Am I late? Am I behind? To get clear a clear picture of your debt, and then. To, 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 once you get a clear picture, you can choose your strategy. Are you going to do the avalanche method or the snowball method? So the avalanche method is when you look at your debt, it has the highest interest rate first and say, I'm going to tackle you first. I'm going to mm, give them so minimum. Everybody else get the minimums. No more. Here's your minimum plus a little. Mm-mm. I'm going to give everybody else their minimums and you highest interest rate debt, the more expensive debt. I'm going to give you like your minimum plus any extra money that I have available outside of spend, paying bills and saving. I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. And then once that debt is paid off, I'm going to roll over that full payment to the next highest rate, highest mm. interest rate debt. Now that's the avalanche method. The snowball method is when you focus on the debt with the lowest balance first. And if you're someone who really feels anxiety and overwhelmed, this is going to be the method you're going to want to start with. Because although you know, the highest rate interest are, is your most expensive debt, the lowest balance will allow you to get early success. Yes. You know, so maybe yes. your, your highest interest rate debt is $10,000 and you're like, well, how am I going to pay yeah. that off? But your lowest balance debt is a hundred and you could pay that mm-hmm. off next month. Okay. So you're like, okay, okay. We cooking with grease now. Okay. What's the next debt? So you're going to want to pay, you want to pay the minimum to everyone else. And, and that, that lowest balance debt, you want to give it its minimum plus the extra money and then roll over that mm. full payment to the next lowest balance debt. So getting your debt down on paper, then choosing whether you're going to start with avalanche or snowball and then automating that process. If you do that, your debt will slowly but surely go down. It's not going to be something that happens overnight, but it's, it'll be something that happens. Not enough people are systematic with their debt pay down. Once you create a system, you can kind of set it and honestly semi forget it. Yeah. Wow. So I know y'all are saying, man, I owe so many people. I'm just going to let it, let the bills pile up. No, because you owe it to yourself, you know, to be financially whole. Some of the best words that I heard not too long ago, Tiffany, from my business management, because I'm house hunting. Okay. And I was, um, they know I I asked them for, you know, was this budget okay? Mm -hmm. And they said, absolutely. And the last time I bought a house, I def- I stayed under budget because okay. I've, I've always heard somebody say, you don't want to make your house your tomb, meaning you really can't afford it. But it's like I can take that other money that I could. And it's just me right now. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So I don't need something massive. Mm-hmm. But she said something to me that you are probably excited about and you can probably tell the listeners what it means. She said, you are really financially healthy. Mm-hmm. And I've worked on that for, because like I said, the the state that I was in, y'all, emotionally, baby, it took nothing for me to swipe that Amazon thing by now, by mm-hmm. now, instant, instant, you know? And so when they said that you are financially healthy, it's not even necessarily because of the zeros yep. necessarily, but financially healthy was the debt to income ratio, mm-hmm. all of that. So I got so excited and then a part of me was like, maybe I can't go a little over budget in the house. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm going to stay because where I live, you can. I live in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So I, you don't have to like go bonkers. But yeah. I just wanted to share that with you guys. Me, you, Tiffany, we want to hear those words one day that say yes. you're financially healthy. And I know you don't know what that means for me because you're not my accountant. Mm-hmm. But when you tell somebody you're financially healthy, besides debt to income ratio, is there something else that can mean this is what financially healthy means? Mm-hmm. So I like to call it financial wholeness. Mm. You know, so I um, so literally get good with money. My book, the subtitle is 10 Simple Steps to Becoming Financially Whole. And so I've identified 10 components of your financial. That's why life. I went there. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. it's budgeting, savings, debt, credit, learning to earn. That's the first five, like your first foundation. Then it's investing, insurance, net worth, your financial team, and estate planning. And so mm. at one point I realized like, Tiffany, basically you're financially free, if you didn't want to work anymore, now would you be like rolling in millions every year? No, but technically you don't only have to work anymore with what you have set aside and you live That's modestly, so you know, but I was That's like, you're financially free, but you are still still a whole mess. I was underinsured. I didn't have the right team. I didn't. I was like, that's when it clicked to me that everyone's chasing financial freedom, that bag that will enable you not to have to work anymore, but it was incomplete. And that really what I want for people is to achieve financial wholeness. So to your point, Michelle, like it's not just having a bunch of money. It's not the zeros. It's this complete picture. And so like, yes, to me, financial wholeness is those 10 components working together to create a strong financial foundation. Listen, and I know somebody is like, well, financial wholeness to me means having a whole lot of money. (laughs) And you can have, I mean, you and I both know we have seen people with a whole lot of money. And then the next year, you're like, what? There, listen, it took, I don't think, I don't know if some of y'all know the the show. It was on VH1 called Behind the Music. I, it only took me one time to look at, a couple times, to see what um, has happened yep. to people. And this is not to shame or judge no. because when you make judgments, those things to come back on you. But I was like, it was wisdom for me. Yes. You know, and then I, like I said, I had people to, to say you know, coming up in the earlier years of Destiny's Child, mm-hmm. they taught me, you don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. If you can, when you're purchasing a home, mm-hmm. stay under budget. Mm-hmm. It's just you mm-hmm. and a little four pound dog. <laughs> you don't need all of that, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm grateful um, for the people that I listened to mm-hmm. because there are people around you that are, that you can probably look to at least one person 
but you're going to humble yourself to listen. And you just say, I'm going to spend what I want to spend. Mm-hmm. I can do what I want to do. And so, you know, we've had many great guests on this podcast, but I'm so glad that you are here so that we can get people on their way to financial wholeness. So ladies... Listen, we scream independence and all that stuff, which is amazing. But the budgetista is here that you can have like true independence because listen, we sang the shoes on my feet. Listen, girl, I didn't know. I listen. I still know all the routines and I still can get down like that. But there is different types of independence. Um, versus just getting material things. And so while I have a few moments with you, I've been hearing cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Is there anything that needs to be cleared up about cryptocurrency? Anything that people need to be careful of? And I know the disclaimer is, you know, you're not a financial advisor. You're not, matter of fact, you ain't their financial advisor. So anything that we talk about right Mm -hmm. now, it's just expressed opinions. Yes. And I'll say this, that cryptocurrency is a bit of the wild, wild west, but it's not going anywhere. I want you to think about cryptocurrency when some of y'all are going to be too young, but when Napster first came out. Uh, Remember like when the music industry, so at first they was like, ain't nobody going to be listening to music online. Oh, it's just this one guy that we just got to, I remember, I distinctly remember musicians on TV saying, you wouldn't steal a carpenter's hammer that's what happens when you steal my music. And they thought they could squelch it instead of saying, you know what? Technology don't turn back for nobody. Ooh. If we don't get ahead of it, then it's going to get ahead of us. And so that's exactly what happened. Is so cryptocurrency is that, that like, although all of the kinks have not been worked out, it's not going anywhere. Definitely and so not. it will behoove you to, I, I don't believe in jumping. When you say the word behoove, <laughs> that's like a good unctioning and good instruction. Yes. I, I, it would behoove you <laughs> like, to get off my phone. Right? It would behoove you to save your coins. It would behoove you. Yes. To, right? To, to start to educate yourself on investing overall, but also cryptocurrency, because you will see people like, for example, Jamie Dimon, he is the CEO of um, Chase Bank, right? Mm-hmm. And at first, him, Warren Buffett, all these major financial institutes, cryptocurrency is a scam. Cryptocurrency is a scam. Da, da, da. But these are older guys that have only seen banking happen in this one way. And now just recently, you know what? Um, uh, um, Chase Bank is going to diversify with at least 10% cryptocurrency. I'm like, oh. So what I'm saying is that, yeah, so it's not going anywhere that I would, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't just jump in. I get it because it's like, uh, ooh, should I buy a crypto? Oh my gosh, I heard about the, um, that meme stock. You you don't want to lose, but you do want to, you know, there are classes that you can take. I have an online school called Literature Academy. There are there are websites or um, podcasts you can listen to that speak specifically about things like cryptocurrency and investing in that way. And there are people you can follow on social to really lean in, like um, the master investors one. There's another, the, the investing tutor. There's another one. And then so these are folks who like really lean in. Mark Monroe, he is a ge- literal genius on yes. YouTube. You know, so I say that. So I am because this is what happened when like years ago when we I don't know if you remember, but it was maybe I don't know if it was like five, six years ago when Bitcoin had this big like everybody was talking about Bitcoin and then it disappeared yes. for a little while and it's now come back. I bought Bitcoin then. Ooh, but, ooh. Yes. But ooh, because I, I, I rushed through it, I was like, oh, I need to I need to get on the bandwagon. I bought I think like I don't remember like 
five coins. Then a few months later, it tanked. You okay? And I was like, ah, I'm scared. I sold it. Michelle, girl, I would be like on my, you would see Hawaii behind me. Hawaii. Okay. So I was like, because I did not do my research, I jumped in scared. And so I left scared. And so I left money on the table. And so I just say all that to say that if you're going to invest in cryptocurrency, you're going to want to do your due diligence so you can understand the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs. Absolutely. It's going to be ups and downs. Yep. Lock, yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm not, I'm, 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 I, I, it's not even about me being pro cryptocurrency. It's here. You know, like people are buying music online. We're here now. You want to, you know, you want to be um, Netflix so or you want to be Blockbuster. No shade to Blockbuster. I loved you, sis. I used to love coming to get my, my Listen, <laughs> I love that little plastic card that they yes. used to, my laminated card. Yes. Ooh, there might be one. One. I think there's still like literally one. I think I heard that too. There is one. OMG, I'm still going back to when you said you sold. I know. I was so no. scared. I was like, oh my God, you know what? And I sold it at a loss because I said, I, you know, let me just get my let me just get my my money. If I just would have just said, Tiffany, do you need that money to survive? Girl, leave it. But I didn't. Yeah. And so, but it was okay. a, such a, a such a great lesson because now, you know, that same, imagine five coins. I mean, it got up to, I think at one point, like almost $60,000. Not to say I'd be in Hawaii. I was going to say, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, so 60 it's, times five. Think about that. That was some good coin to No. But it's okay. Yeah, God know. is a restorer. Yeah. You all right. I, you good. No, for real. I just be like, no, I sold my coin. Because who knows what it's going to go up to. Knowing what I know now, I would have kept it and just held on to it and just let it. Let it ride its way onto because maybe you never know. And in, in ten years from now, it might be a hundred thousand dollars for each one, yes, you know. Yes. And so, so like, what uh, we are talking about, ladies and gentlemen, is cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and you know there is a wave of forex and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And sometimes I'm like, man, I've been in the wrong business mm. all too long. But no, it's just a way for you to take what you have. Yes and multiply it and i know your target is women and so when we talk about the proverbs 31 woman Mm -hmm. she just wasn't like us wearing these pink (laughs) these cute pink shirts today okay she was working and what i liked about in the latter part of that scripture proverbs 31 she was able to take what she had and multiply Mm -hmm. it they said she looked at a field and would buy it Mm -hmm. this is a proverbs 31 woman so when first of all, when I thought Proverbs thirty one, I thought, oh, she's poised. She has long flowing hair. She's graceful. She's the perfect type that a man would want. Mm-hmm. When you get to really breaking down that thing, ooh, eighty percent to me is about finances mm-hmm. and working. Yep. She worked and provided for her family, but I loved it. Talked about how she multiplied yes. what she had. And I know this conversation isn't necessarily just all about investment, mm-hmm. but you guys, you can take what you have and yes. multiply. I don't care if you got a hundred dollars, put it in something and watch it multiply. Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, okay, so this is how it works. Yeah. Financial wholeness is the best thing that we can have. And as far as legacy, mm-hmm. well, let's, I'll, I'll get to legacy but as far as you are married, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Four years and now. So come on, congratulations. <laughs> and so I am loving um, that dynamic just as far as marriage and how, you know, I don't know if it's bringing finances together, 
But who's the best out of the two of you? Me. As it relates? I come on somebody. Right. See, like between my mother and my father, it was my father. But for sure, it's me. He's not bad, but. Because, you know, this is what I, I was do. going to have you whisper it just in case he's still. <laughs> he knows I'm bad at bad. <laughs> but I'll say this. What I love is that in the beginning, it was, we try to figure out like, okay, how do we want to navigate? So mm. at first, when I, when we first started um, like dating seriously, you know, he really was such a, such a tremendous help. He's like, I got you. I, I'll pay bills. You save. Built this budget needs to thing. And I was like, okay. Ooh. And that's what I did until it got to a place where the budget needs to like the savings was really enough to get the house that we live in. Y'all see, see, y'all got to get a partner that says what (laughs) I bill. Yes. You say I pay bills. You say, you know, because see, here's the thing, too. And I I tell this to some of my younger um, mentees. They're like, oh, Tiffany, you know, like your husband just seems so awesome. I'm like many of you would not date him because he has a regular, regular job. He works for the city. He doesn't make a ton of money. And some people are like, oh, not me, sis. But when we were together, I made less. And he provided the avenue for me to not have to worry about paying bills so Listen, I could pour. You my- and Tabitha Brown got the That's that literally, that's exactly, yep. That's literally, my husband is a Tabitha Brown, um, I forget, Chase. Like chance. regular blue collar, kind, chance. sweet chance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Literally kind, sweet. And so many people would, you would not, you know, so many of my friends now with, you know, you know, they're a doctor, a lawyer, they make a ton of money. They probably wouldn't date, you know, his type, but I knew, I remember even my father was like, Oh baby, I was hoping for you a doctor, a lawyer. And I said, honestly, daddy, I am the doctor, a lawyer. I, you know, like I, like I'm the, you know, like I'm, I make like you're wanting me to, you know, to marry a man that makes the the money that you'd like for me to have. That, that's not you. I'm, I am that. I am that for myself. I, I needed somebody who was going to provide a level of support, you know, and believe in me when I didn't even believe in myself. You know, he was like, I got all of this, and you just make your dreams happen. And it took a while, and even if it didn't. You know, like he still would be like, well, I got us both. And because he provided the ultimate safety net, you know what it is to have a safety net where I'm like, no matter what, I know we're going to be all right. That it allowed me to put all of my energy toward growing my business. And, you know, now like the house we live in, we had enough that we were able to purchase it cash, renovated cash. We purchased an investment property cash. We're renovating that cash. I told him that, you know, I really wanted to pay off my parents' house. He said, let's do it. We paid their house off, paid off my student loan debt. He and I are now debt-free like toddlers. We don't got no no, no, no car note, no no house note, no nothing. Money in the bank, shorty, what you think? Family is good. We fund all of the nieces and nephews. We've been funding their college funds. Like, But I couldn't have gotten here without that support from someone who is like, babe, like, I got you. And so like, I can't. This is a whole, ep- another yes. episode masterclass yes. on who you pick or who you, Ooh, who you think you needed, yep. who you thought you needed versus no, no, what you thought you wanted yes. versus what you need. Yes. Listen, yes. thank you so much for sharing that. No, you're welcome. I, I tell you, I share that all the time with my, you know, mentees and, well, you know, I get it. You want a six-figure plus multiple six-figure dude, and you want this and that. And I'm like, 
Okay. But he don't pay you no attention. He don't have no belief in you. Yes. And I'm just like, or, I mean, because I dated that. And I was just like, what? You want me to be barefoot and pregnant? But I, I have, you know, like, there's nothing wrong with that. But I wanted, and, and, and also with babies, I also wanted my business baby, you know? And with, with my husband, I call him Superman. With, mm, with Superman, I so can be, sweet. what you should look for most more than anything is I can be my complete full self. I don't have to hide my ambition. Cause before I used to like, oh, let me turn the light down just a little bit. Cause you know, I don't want such and such to get, you know, to feel, you know, it's a little too much. And when I come home, I don't talk about the business because I don't want to be like, mm, don't know what I want to hear all that. That's the relationships I was in before. I can be my full self. Like, babe, I want to do, I want to go to the moon and I want to fly. And I want to, and he's like, and we going to do that. And you're going to do this. Like, like every dream I have, he puts stank on it. And it's like, whatever you're wanting, I'm just here to support. And so it's so good. It's everything. I mean, yeah, it's everything. And so he is a provider. I don't need, but I needed him to provide for me in a different way. I don't need a financial provider, although he can do that. I really need it in an emotional uh, and a, a mental um, caretaker and provider, which Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You said so many things about how you are debt free like a toddler. Yes. And y'all, I'm so excited about that because when you're talking about building wealth yes. and transfer, that's how you can transfer yeah. wealth and legacy. All the properties that you have mm-hmm. that you are debt free, you don't owe anybody anything on that. And that's how you can pass down wealth. Yes. You have shared so many amazing gems. Thank you. I, I stopped using the word nuggets. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it just reminds me of little boo-boo nuggets. <laughs> I wish I, I, little, little turds. No, I'm not going to say nuggets. Oh, my goodness. Like, or little chicken nuggets. She ain't sharing no chicken nugget. <laughs> you came on here and gave us your time Thank and you. shared with us priceless gems. Thank you. And if y'all don't listen to this and get into everything Bajanista, her book, is Get Good With Money. It is a New York Times bestseller. Like I said, there are times I see her post something and she keeps it so real and it makes me cringe. <laughs> because honey, truth will make you cringe because I just remember times that I was maybe careless or just, just swiping, 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 mm-hmm. right? And so y'all, please get into, she is on Instagram at the Budgetista. Mm-hmm. Please tell us where else we can locate you and if you're having any workshops coming up soon. So yeah, I'm the budgetista on TikTok, although I don't TikTok, but I was like, my 14 year old stepdaughter was like, you got to TikTok. I'm like, mm. um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, the budgetista and the budgetista.com and get good with money is available at getgoodwithmoney.com. There's all, also a bunch of free resources there. Like there's a financial homeless quiz that you can take to see, you know, where you are. There's a toolkit um, um, that I created there and, um, and a book club kit too, that you can get there. And, um, yeah, I I have a, a podcast, Brown Ambition, where um, a friend of mine, Mandy, and I, we answer financial questions and, and we just chat about like, you know, what it's like to grow your career, your life, your business in this brown skin. Um, so it's our financial podcast. But yeah, I'm I'm all over. And the next time oh, I'm girl. doing, I don't know, honestly, the next so like I have my online school. So there's always courses there that I've okay. already created. The, That's yeah. Yeah. The Literature Academy. But what I like to do these days is I like I really love teaching. So I'll go live. And sometimes like, you know, when a word is put on my heart, I'll share it because when you teach, you learn twice, you know, and I've learned my lesson that when God gives me a blessing, it is meant like the best, the best sermon I ever listened to. I'll never forget. I was in high school. My pastor said that 
in every blessing, there's excess. Mm. That a blessing is never just for you. That it is for you to enjoy and to share from the overflow. Uh, yeah, that's so good. You know, so I got all this financial knowledge. I was like, ooh, okay, get my money together. God's like, I just shared. I was like, what? Mm. It's like, oh, okay, sis. Strip it yes. all down. So now when I get a, a, a when I get a word, a lesson, uh-uh, I go straight, you know, to IG Live and I'm like, I have a lesson. This is something I want you to learn. I've learned not to hoard any of those things. Anything. And so That's like, so yes, yeah, you can find me basically everywhere. Wow. I'm so thankful for you, y'all. Miss Tiffany Aliche, and we know famously know her as the Budgetista. Thank you so much for your time, y'all. Y'all also, I need y'all to clap right now where you are for her husband. You hear me? Thank you, husband. Thank you, Superman. Your I yes, we appreciate you, Tiffany. Please enjoy the rest of your day, y'all. I'm so full and thankful. She gave us so many priceless gems. Again, thank you for checking in. No, thank you. Didn't y'all feel like y'all were talking to a friend? You know, especially when it, it comes to the topic of finance and debt, um, you don't want anybody to feel like, you know, they're shaming you or judging you for possible mistakes you've made or bad judgments that you made uh, with your finances. And so I'm really thankful for Tiffany Aliche for joining us today, better known as the Budgetista. Y'all, didn't she give us some amazing jewels? Didn't she give us some amazing tips? I'm excited. We all can do better. You don't have to have a million dollars in the bank. You can actually build wealth with a dollar. You can build wealth with a hundred dollars. You can build wealth with a thousand dollars. I'm just excited. And we're being more intentional, you know, of how we select uh, the friends that come and check in. I initially thought that this podcast was definitely going to be all things mental health. But as we learned today that your mental health even correlates somehow with your spending habits. Um, so there are so many ways that we tackle the topic of mental health. And one of the ways to tackle the topic of mental health was to talk about our finances today. So again, I'm so super hyped. I'm excited. I'm glad that y'all could tune on in. Continue to share my podcast. Give it some love. You guys, it has grown by leaps and bounds. Over 100,000 downloads. Thank y'all so, oh, oh, oh much. All right. Take care. Until next time. Checking In with Michelle Williams is a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears. Real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? 
You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. 